You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Genesis 1 verses 1 to 3, shall we read together in concert? 1 to 3, go. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Once again, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I didn't really hear you read. So let's read together again 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. 1, 2, 3, go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. On assignment this morning, winning the battles of life. Winning the battles of life. Our Father and our God, on bending knees with hearts and hands, raise up unto you as our sign of worship and surrender. We give you again the praise and the glory to gather again under this open heavens. We thank you for the tangibility of your presence, the same that is present here. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Lord, I beseech you again to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clay of the seven son of yours that today I will come to your people with a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my study contemplation. Help me to overlook my flaws, shortcomings, and inadequacies as I hide myself behind the cross. And as I ask you to speak expressly of every counsel, moving every man, every woman, every boy, every girl under the sound of my voice, from where we are to the place you have reserved for us in the place called destiny, we vow to give you alone the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Somebody shout a big amen. Whilst you're seated, tell your neighbor, you are going to win the battles of life. Whatever they are, however they are, whoever they are, no matter what color they may come, hallelujah, 
you are going to win the battles of life. You know, the Bible declares that no weapon that is formed fashion us, against us, whether they are fashion or they are weaponed either which way, we have a guarantee that they will not prosper. But notwithstanding, there are still weapons that are fashioned against us. But the Bible declares that none of those weapons shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Last two Sundays, I ministered on what I titled, Seven Keys to Walking in Victory. And the very intention of that message, amongst many others, was to begin to awaken and reawaken us to the reality that as believers, whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, we are inevitably involved in one aspect of spiritual battle or spiritual warfare or the other, especially in different seasons of our lives. We face a few turns, a few twists, a few bumps, a few valleys, but the beauty about it is that we have a guarantee that irrespective of what it is we face as believers, the Bible declares that to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, that all things, all things are guaranteed to work together in the favor of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And all things includes your own thing. The good, the bad, the ugly, not so ugly, the sweet, the bitter, whatever it is, is part of all the mix that God said he is going to turn around to work together for your good. Somebody shout a big amen. As much as some of us may wish to ignore or wish away spiritual battles, spiritual challenges, oppositions and hindrances along our way to fulfill purpose and destiny, we, we really cannot wish them away. And sometimes many are like the ostrich that will bend its head into the sand and wish that the things happening over the head are not really what it is. But ultimately, when you pull out your head from out of the sand, what you see will be a reality. I've taught severally that being born again does not in any way exempt or preclude any believer from going through challenges, going through difficulties, going through tests, going through trials and going through tribulations, going through whatever you may call it. But as a matter of fact, it gives you a, 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 a spiritual advantage with which when you go into the battle, knowing that God is with you, God is for you, you know that you're going to come out on the other side ultimately victorious. And I want to speak to you this beautiful Sunday morning now that no matter what you're going through, the Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be unto God who always, without exception, always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. As long as you remain fixed in Christ, you have a guarantee that there is triumph coming out of it. I believe a message is coming out of your mess. Oh, your yes sounds very questionable. I believe a symphony is coming out of your malady or your discord. I believe that a testimony is coming out of your test. I believe some triumphs are coming out of your trials. I believe the obstacles that the enemy may have set before you, God is going to use as a stepping stone for the miraculous to move you into the next level. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, truth be told is that there are as many victories as there are spiritual battles. That ought to bring you uh, some form of respite, some form of comfort. 
that there are as many victories as there are battles. There are as many testimonies as there are tests. And the beauty is that if you are willing to go into the ring, willing to step in, knowing that you're stepping in against your foe with the help of God, then you can be guaranteed that no matter what happens, that ultimately you are coming out victoriously. We have to understand, beloved, that the more we are better prepared for battles, the more we understand the dynamics of spiritual battles, the more that we are also positioned, spiritually equipped, to gain victory over them. A proper biblical understanding of what spiritual warfare is, of what spiritual battle is, will arm you with the necessary weaponry or equipment to go into battles and be guaranteed that you're coming out victorious. Now, beloved, there are two schools of thought when we speak about spiritual battles. Number one, there is a school of thought that tends to uh, find spiritual battles in everything you face. They find demons under leaves and demons under caterpillars and demons uh, through butterflies flying. The last mosquito you squatted or you killed in your house was some demon from the... No, 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 no. No, we're, we're not out looking for demons. We're not, we're not about looking around for demons. Praise God. So, so we're not celebrating demons. We're celebrating God. We're celebrating the truth, not the fact. We're celebrating the truth that they are more with us than they that are against us. Somebody shout a big amen. So when we speak of spiritual battles as believers, we come into those battles with the understanding that the end has been determined from the beginning. And the end is nothing else but victory. Somebody shout a big amen. So we go into spiritual battles as believers of faith with a mindset of victory. In other words, we have a victor's mentality, not a victim mentality. The victim mentality tells you that something is chasing you. Uh, some witch, some wizard, uh, something from the village is... Uh, no, sir. Uh, haven't you heard? The devil is not designed to chase you. He said, if you resist the devil steadfastly and the devil will run from you. Saints, the position of the enemy is not to chase you. The position of the enemy, if you're rightly positioned, is that he will flee or he will run from you. Somebody shout a big amen. So the right mentality of spiritual battle is we go into them with a mindset of victory. Somebody shout, I'm a victor. Somebody thunder, I'm a victor. Praise God. This is why today's message, winning the battles of life, and last Sunday, Seven Keys to Walking in Victory becomes a great resource for understanding and indeed overcoming life's spiritual battles. When a person faces certain kinds of challenges in life, there is nothing as comforting and as reassuring as a believer that you are going in to become victorious. Someone is just about to come into something you're coming out from. Mm. And somebody is about to go in what you're coming out from and perhaps you're about to go into something that somebody is coming out from. You see, the beauty is to understand that there is nothing really peculiar about what you're going through except the devil convinces you that your case is different. You see, we learned two Sundays ago that we have to learn to commonize our challenges and our tests. The moment we allow, excuse me, we allow the enemy to make them uncommon, make them uh, something that is beyond the norm. You see, somebody once said, we don't, we don't maximize 
the size of our trouble, but we minimize the size of our trouble as we magnify the size of our God. Praise God, somebody. When you look through the eyes of Almighty God to your situation and circumstances, it becomes so, so tiny. But when you look at your situation through the eyes of your enemy, oh boy, you'll be like a grasshopper in the eyes of the enemy. You are no grasshopper, you are the giant. Somebody shout, I am the giant. Hallelujah. So, so one thing we have to understand, that anything and everything we're going through is nothing but common. It is common with men. One of the greatest lies Satan will try to sell to believers is the that what they're going through, their difficulty, their test, is something ways out of the norm, something beyond a human imagination. You see, when you come to that mode, you begin to throw a pity party, you begin to look inward, not look outward anymore, begin to look at what you have as a person, not look at what God has, you forget to look at the greater one that is in you than the devil that seems to taunt, to haunt around you. You forget God's word, God's promises that are yes and they're amen. You begin to hear the noise and the sound around about you. Hey, saints, there is a greater one within you. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than every devil, every demon, every trouble, every trial around you. Can somebody shout, the greater one resides in me. Say like you believe it now, the greater one resides in me. Who is that greater one, the creator of the heavens and the earth? The one that made the heavens his throne, the earth is full still. Who is that greater one? The one that spoke his word into existence. Who is the greater one? The one that upholds all things by the word of his power. Who is the greater one? He's the one that saw darkness, gross darkness upon the face of the earth. Rather than complaining, rather than murmuring, he says, light be. That's the one that is resident within you. Somebody shout, the greater one. Christ Jesus resides within me. Shout a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Saints, only fighters ultimately end up becoming winners, becoming victors. The Bible declares in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight. I love the word good. It's a fight, but it's a good one. Mm -hmm. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. The fight you and I are involved in is what the Bible calls a good fight. You mean fighting is good? Yeah. This kind of fight is called good because the end is determined from the beginning. It's a fixed fight. Now, I, I want you for a moment to imagine your most difficult challenge today on the third day of the third month of the year 2019. Is it a financial challenge? Is it an economic challenge? Is it a marital challenge? Is it something that looks like a delay? Something daunting? Something that looks amazing? Something that wants to make you pull out your hair? Where is God in all of this? Saints the greater one resides within you and that one is greater than all the things that are going around you. And the fight you're in now, as the Bible says, it's a good fight. Somebody shout, it's a good fight. That means it's about to turn in your favor. I don't know who I'm speaking to this Sunday morning. Maybe it's not everybody who's going one through, going through one test or the other. Maybe two, three, four, five, six, seven. Who came here? Who came to hear this word from the throne of grace? Listen, your tests are going to turn for you as mighty testimonies. It won't be over until it is over. 
your back may seem to be against the wall, but guess what? God is behind you. Somebody said, when it appears you're down to nothing, God is up to something. I want to prophesy to you that your God is up to something in your life before this year is over. Somebody, anybody, everybody, shout, I believe I receive. You may appear to be down to nothing, but God is up to something. Hallelujah. It's up to something. Your setbacks are being turned this Sunday morning to become a comeback. Your setback, even the things that look like they were mistakes, they are being turned around to be a comeback. Hallelujah. It's a young man we know in the Bible as a prodigal son. In Luke 7, Luke 15, you know the story of the prodigal son. He, he asked the father for his inheritance, went away, sold his royal oats and all of that. Uh, upon came where he began to beg uh, to eat amongst those where he was, you know, to eat from, 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 the, from, the, from the feed of the cow and, and all of that. But the Bible declares that the point came where this boy came to, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came to himself. The father didn't change on him. The father was the same loving father who he walked away from. His love for his son never dwindled because he walked away. He did not change his love towards his son. And sometimes we tend to think that because we move from God, God moved from us. No, he's the way he is. He's still a loving father. He's a God of covenant. His love is eternal. His love is everlasting. His love is covenantal. You are not about to change God. He's a constant care in the equation of life. No matter how bad a boy you can be, you can't change God. No matter how bad a girl you can be, you can't change God. What? He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger. His tender mercies are over all of his works. He's merciful. His mercies are new. Whoa, I'm preaching to somebody here. His mercies are new every waking morning. Because of his compassions, we are not consumed. Somebody said, I love Jesus because he first loved me. He didn't love you because you were qualified for his love. No, he loved you because his nature is love. So even when the prodigal son moved away, the father was still waiting. I want to speak to somebody who might be like the prodigal son under the sound of my voice. That your papa is waiting for you this Sunday morning. He's waiting for you to make a comeback. To retrace your steps. To move back to the house of the father. Oh, I'm told by theologians that it must seem that when the son came to himself, began to retrace his steps to the father. Guess what? The father, I believe, periodically will step out and look at, could this be the day that my boy is coming back? Could this be the day that my girl is coming back? Then it was a particular day. I don't know, but I perceive that day is 03, 03, 19. He looked from his throne. He looked from his house. He opened the window and he saw his son and boy running back home. Guess what? Papa didn't wait for his boy to come home. Papa opened the door and he ran to his lad and kissed his lad. Saint, I want to tell you, your father is making steps in your direction. Oh, Marco, take a He's blowing kisses in your direction. He's telling you there's no how far you've gone that you cannot return back to him. 
He's saying to you that his mercies don't waver. They don't change. They don't alter. They don't falter. You may have messed up. You have faltered. But guess what? His mercy katuka, remains constant. He's not about to change on you. Somebody just say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Somebody's coming back. A comeback is becoming a set up. What was a setback is becoming a comeback today. The Bible declares in 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Saints, faith is a major aspect of every spiritual battle. It is. It's a major ingredient that guarantees victory in spiritual battles. 1 John 5 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Woo! And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. Wow. This is the victory that overcomes what? Come on. Overcomes what? It's pain in the world. It's poverty in the world. Marital delays in the world. Sickness, disease in the world. Fear, anxiety, trepidation is in the world. What else is in the world? Everything is in the world. He said, this is the victory, Kaduska, that overcomes the world. That means faith is able to overcome anything you may be going through today because it's in the world. Your situation is overcomable. That delay is overcomable. That resistance is overcomable. And I believe today by the might of the hand of God coming your way, you are going to gain victory. As we raise the blood-staining banner over our lives, over this church family, over the city, over the nation, we are going to overcome. The Bible declares in Revelation 12, 11, they overcame by three principal things, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, having not loved their lives unto the death. They overcame by the blood, by the word, and by their commitment to live for God in spite of the consequences. I believe today somebody under the sound of my voice, you are going to gain the victory. If that's you, I'm prophesying to shout, I believe I receive. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Your faith is a world overcomer. Your faith will change situation and circumstances. Your faith will move things out of the way. Your faith, your faith, your faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We talk by faith. Bible declares in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober. Be vigilant. And that word sober is not as we know the English word looking very, very morose. What are you doing? I'm just sober. Just a sober Christian. No, no, no. It speaks of spiritual sensitivity. In spite of what you're doing, jumping, dancing, celebrating, full of joy. But there is that keenness that says, God, what are you saying? Even in the middle of what seems to be play and fun, your ears are attuned to what the Lord may say in the midst of the moment. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, the word as means like. He's not a lion. 
the ass a roaring lion. He walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. We resist him in the faith, steadfast. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished, listen carefully, in your brethren that are in the world. What is this? The same afflictions you're going through. The same test, the same difficulty, the same battle. And you might need to get this tape to keep it for the day of use. Just in case you don't think you need it now. The same thing you may be going through. The Bible says it's the same afflictions that accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Very common. Very common. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.12 again, just to remind you that you're not alone in what you're going through. 1 Peter 4.12 and 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Fiery, burning hot, difficult. The kind of trial that comes with fire. Don't think it's strange. What? Which is to try you? As though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't panic. Why? Though it's fiery, it's covered. It says, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Ah. When you identify with the sufferings of Christ, you will also be made to identify with this glory when it is revealed. The Bible declares in Romans 8, I believe, verse 17, if, I, if my memory serves me right, that if we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified with him. If we identify with him in our difficult moments, because we're walking right and talking right, the things that are denied you because you're walking right. The price you have to pay for walking the straight and the narrow pathway of life. You heard the honorable member speak to you about what he went through. The amazing prevails he went through. Difficult moments. Forced literally to, be, to compromise. He stands from one party affiliation to the other. Great price. How it is he stands out amongst the pack in the state as a one person from that party that is still standing. Because he stood for what is right and God stood with him. Saints, you don't always have to blend with a crowd. No. Many times it's a natural thing to do because of the pressure. Pressure will cause you to have a high tendency to compromise. But the truth be told, if you agree to stand out, God will stand for you. The Hebrew boy said, no, we're not, we'll not going to your fire. Heat the fire as much as you want to heat it up. No, we're not going in. We're not, go we're not going to bow. Won't bow to your, your, your God. Even if you throw us into the fire, we still will not bow. What were they saying? They were saying they've come to understand another dimension of God. That the God they serve had the ability, the capacity to deliver people from going to the fire. He could do that. He has the power. But they also said that, by the way, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, even if you throw us into this, your fire, our God is still able to deliver us in the fire. God can. Come on, say that. God can. God, can. God will. God, 
Deliver me from every test, every trial. God can, God will deliver me from every test and every trial in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I referred to it and I want to read it. They have no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Aren't you glad he's faithful? He's faithful. It's not faith. He's faithful. He's faith personified. <laughs> Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. He regulates the test and the trial. He will not suffer you to be tempted above your able. Man of God, I'm going through wahala. God knows you're able. Somebody shout, I am able. A few foundations to spiritual warfare that will help us. Number one, it's important to understand that you have principally one enemy. The enemy is called your adversary. Revelation 12 calls him the accuser of the brethren. He is the accuser and he is the adversary. He is the attacker and the accuser and the adversary of the saints. It's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 9. Satan, your adversary. So the uncle, the witch, or the wizard we think is one chasing us, is not really the person. The devil is the adversary. And the only language this devil understands, apparently, is the language of the power of God. The power of God. The Bible declares in Matthew eleven twelve that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence taken it by force. So there's certain things you have to rise up to take by violence. We learned in the early morning leadership class on how to build up spiritual strength. The Bible declares, if you faint in the day of adversity, it's indicative that your strength is small. Proverbs 24, 10. If you do faint in the middle of battles, it's indicative, not that the devil is strong, just that your own, your own strength is weak. It's not where it ought to be. You need to build more capacity. And thankfully, there are ways the Bible shows us to build inner capacity, inner kratos, inner strength. You can be strengthened by the Holy Ghost with might in your inner man. You can be strengthened by praying in tongues regularly. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude one twenty. You can be strengthened in declaration of the word of the Lord. Why? Matthew 4.4. 4, the word that he speaks there is bread. He says, he, says, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So God's word is bread. It's strength to you. You declare it. Jeremiah 15, 16, thy word were found. I did eat them. They were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. This word is food. It's food to your spirit, man. Brings you energy and life. You're strengthened by prayer. Energizing yourself, praying in the Holy Ghost. Making a divine exchange. Your witness for the strength of the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They mount up with the wings of the eagle. They run, they're not weary. They walk, they faint not. Isaiah 40, 31. So there, 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 there are possibilities in scripture that we can renew our strength. Praise God, somebody. It says, all they appear before God, they go from what? Strength to strength. Where? In Zion. So each time you appear in Zion, you're not just coming to clap, to jump, to dance. No, you came for more strength, more, more firepower. Huh? Something about Zion. 
What happens in Zion? Three things happen in Zion. Obadiah 117. Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. There shall be holiness. And the sons of Jacob shall possess their... What? In Zion. In Zion, you take power for deliverance. In Zion, you receive what it takes to walk in a, in a straighter way of purity and righteousness. But also in Zion, there are things that come your way to, to my God. To, to ensure that what belongs to you by way of inheritance is released to you. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 20:32, I commend you unto God and to the word of his grace, the same that is able to build you up. The word builds you up and to give you an allocation, an inheritance amongst the saints. The word builds, the word allocates your inheritance. What happened is in Zion. So you may come week to church Sunday, Wednesday. Don't expect to go away the same way you came. It's not right to come through the northern gate and go back through the same gate. When you come to the temple, you come through the northern gate, but you go through the southern gate. That means you're going out transformed. I don't know who I'm prophesying to. I want to say to you, you are not going to walk out of these doors the same way you walked in. Maybe the same dress, the same mascara, the same eyelash, the same blonde hair, the same pink hair, the same green hair. I don't know what color you wear. It's not important. You may go back looking the same, but guess what? The Holy Ghost would have given you a Holy Kato, Holy Ghost makeover. Somebody shout, I believe I receive. Hallelujah. You are going to walk out and men and women are going to say, there's something about you. It was said concerning the disciples, they knew that these men had been with Jesus. They were unlearned men, no degree, no pedigree, no connection. But there was just something about them that proved to them they had been with Jesus. That seems to tell me it's not the degree that I really need, not the pedigree, not the connection. But all I really need in this life, if God be for me. I perceive God is about to extend his hand of might and majesty in your direction. If you believe I shall have a amen. Everything is about to change. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why? The house of the Lord is a place of encounter. It's a place of communion between divinity and humanity. It's an altar. It's a gateway. All through the scriptures, you find men and women learn how to build altars. Altars where reference points are the place where they encountered God. So a church is not just a building with a steeple with a cross on top. A church is an altar. It's a gateway. That's why when you're driving to church, even at the gate, you can tell there's something hovering all over the environment. Angels are hovering. Why? They are set to do what they are set to do for that particular service. You know it's called a service. What is a service? It's a service center. You use your car for three months, six months. The car needs servicing. You drive it to whatever company to service. They leak out the oil, change the spark plugs up, change this, align the tires, check the pressure. That's servicing. In a like manner, when you come to the house of the Lord like this, in a corporate gathering, guess what? Heaven services you. 
Service your mind. Service your spirit. Service your health. Service your finances. That's why you may have come a little bit cheesy week, but you leave all with a sprite on your feet. There's a new bounce, a new expectation, new excitement. Something about hope. Hope is expectation of an enviable future. You can't be a child of God and lack hope. No, sir. To he that is drawn to all living, there is hope. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 4. Somebody shout, there is hope. There is hope. And this is turning around for my testimony. Hallelujah. 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 Someone may be asking right now, man of God, why am I going through so much right now? So much pressure from the enemy. Some I can't interpret, some I can't fully understand. Well, number one, you have to understand that there is one called an adversary. So he's doing his work as an adversary. He's an opposer of anything that is good. It's called the anti-Christ. He tries to counteract everything that is Christ. He's the adversary of the saint. So that's fine. He's doing his work. But perhaps also you need to understand that because he's called a thief, he doesn't go to steal where there's no treasure. Could it be that the harassment is indicative of the kind of treasure that is around or within you? You know, sometimes you can tell what God is doing in your life by going to the camp of the enemy to hear what they're saying about you. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. You, you can tell, you know, you can be in a logic and, you know, everything is going all nice. You're being blessed, but you don't know the weight of heaven's transformation going on until maybe you step out of logic in some circles uh, and you hear what they say about you. Oh, you wonder, am I the one they're speaking about like that? Uh, so, so sometimes uh, you can tell what God is doing within you by, by, by what people around you are saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perhaps the attacks is a reminder that you're carrying treasure. You're carrying glory. And the glory is about to be unveiled. And there's panic in the camp of the enemy. Slow them down. Discourage them. Reduce their firepower. Hinder their giving. Stop their praise. But guess what? As a people of faith, we are going forward. As a people of faith, we are going upward. We are about to turn the enemy's pressure into power. It was said concerning the children of Israel in the land of bondage in Exodus that the more that they were afflicted by the enemy, the more they grew. I want to prophesy to somebody and to myself, the more the enemy thinks he's bringing pressure, the more of the power of God you, yeah, 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 you are going to experience. The more of the test, the more of the testimonies. Somebody shout, it is turning around for my good. He's turning for logic. He's turning for logic. He's turning for homes and families. Whoa! He's turning for your finance. What you're going through may just be a down payment for the cut. 
sophisticated for the kind of weight of glory that God is about to unveil in your life. Turn your pressure to power. Discharge him. Keep your eyes steady on what? The finishing line. Tell the enemy I've come too far to quit. Throw your bullets, throw your javelin, throw your bazooka. No, no, no. I won't draw back onto perdition. No, I'm of them that believe to the saving of my souls. Believers go forward. Doubters go back. We will not go back. We will go forward. In the face of the Red Sea, with Pharaoh chasing the children of Israel, they complain unto Moses, Moses, you should have let us live and die in Egypt as servants and slaves. Why bring us out here to kill us in the middle of nowhere? You see, they compared slavery, where they're coming from, to death, where they thought they were. When you don't see your way through the storm, you could be tempted to go back. You didn't hear me. Let me rewind. When you don't see your way through the storm, you've got to see your way through the storm. Let me say it again. You've got to trust God to help you see your way through the storm. Because the storm, you don't see your way through, you will not be able to navigate through. Are you here? So when you face a storm, ask the Lord, Lord, show me the way through the storm. Because storms don't last forever. They compare dying to being slaves. But they fail to compare being slaves to being kings in Canaan. Mm, somebody missed that. They cried to Moses. And Moses cried to God. God said to Moses, hey, 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 tell them, go forward. Go forward. To the Red Sea, to die, go forward. Go forward. Go forward. And I'm speaking to somebody under the sound of my voice. In the midst of your tests and trials, go forward. Tighten your prayer life. Heighten your confession level. Let your giving become crazier. Am I helping somebody? Let your evangelism go wild. Go forward. Don't, you, see, you see, the intention of the enemy to bring pressure is to whittle you're doing the right thing. He wants you to drop, oh my God, he wants you to drop your momentum, your rhythm. You build so much rhythm and momentum. But when pressure shows up, what he wants you to do, just drop the ball. It's not working. It's too slow. The child is not coming that quickly. The marriage is delaying. Look at you. Just go back. Just go back. Just compromise. But guess what? You are going to see your way through the storm. And you are going to what? Go forward. And the Egyptians you saw, 03, 03, 19. And the Pharaoh you saw, you will see no more. Somebody said, I am going forward. I am going forward. In the year 2019, I am advancing. In the year 2019, I am going upward. Upward ever, downward never. Forward ever, backward never. 
I am going forward. Increase your prayer life. Increase your giving. Act fast into it. Begin to evangelize. Begin to witness. Because as you begin to intensify on doing these right things you're already doing, something will break. Something will break. You know what a breakthrough is called? Let me try to help you because of time I've got to get to stop soon. But you know, a breakthrough is likened to a chick that is an embryo in an egg. After a while, it's time for the chick to come out of the shell life. What the chick typically will do is he will perk at the shell. Ta. 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 Pray. Give. Witness. Love. Pray. Give. Witness. Love. Nothing seems to happen, right? Pray. Witness. Love. Give. Bah! Something cracked. It cracked at when you did one thing. It wasn't the one thing that cracked it. Wow! I feel like, listen, listen. There is coming a cumulative effect of your walking with God, of your confessing the scripture, of your loving Jesus, of your giving of your servant in the usher's team, of your servant in GST, in the choir. Listen, there's coming a cumulative effect. That effect is called a breakthrough. Something is about to break. Somebody is about to conceive. Somebody's water, itopaka, is about to break. You are going to hear strange news from far and from near. Come up here, what? It's your moment of divine visitation. It's your moment of your breakthrough. Mary said, how shall this thing come to pass? She said, listen, it won't be by your struggle. There shall be a holy one. He will brood upon you. That holy one right now is brooding upon you. That holy one is called the Holy Ghost. Yes, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were sick, oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed. But how? There was a Holy One that came upon him. I give you power to tread upon serpent and scorpions. Listen, there is a holy one coming upon you. Said he will baptize you with fire and power. Saint, a holy one is coming upon you, changing your situation. He said, guess what? Something will be conceived within you miraculously, mysteriously. You can't tell how. There is no natural formula, no recipe, no therapy. It will be said, this is the Holy One. Ikatoka is the doing of the Lord. It is marvelous in our eyes. Somebody shout, Holy Ghost, fall afresh upon me. Shout like you're losing your natural mind to gain his own mind. Holy Ghost, fall upon me afresh. The test is turning for a testimony. We're going to lift up 
Revelation 12, 11, before the table of covenant, they overcame. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at r-h-o-g-i-c dot o-r-g also download the horn of revival ministry app on google play or apple store to connect with a variety of quality resources including rogic radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life and for real-time ministry you can follow apostle goodheart on twitter the handle is at pastor goodheart and on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.